Humor me. Tell me a story. Entertain me, Mr. Cole. Explain to I me. I would be happy to, Mr. Overrated. The truth is, you ain't Adam Cole, baby, and you never will be. Because this brand has done everything in their power to make you feel special. Well, you, you got the cool music, you got the lights, you got the fog machine, you got the girl. You know what they do to make Adam Cole feel special? They ring the freaking bell. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay! His mother named Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War game! You are impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like, like a, a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. All right, Ramblers, let's get rambling. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. Top Wrestling Podcast is back because it's noon, it's Wrestling, and it is time to talk some wrestling. It's time to talk some good wrestling, good flicks. As always, last week, if you were able to pick up on our movie of the week that we decided to quote, it was Charlie Sheen's Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part 2. So if you understood the beginning of the show where we said Episode 9, Part 2. There wasn't two Episode 9s. So this is our 10th episode, and today's movie is an all-time favorite for me, so I'm excited, and I know it is for my co-host, ladies and gentlemen, ODM. You're going to bark all day, little doggy? Are you going to bite I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. <laughs> Could you repeat that? <laughs> Are you going to bark all day? <laughs> Come on, man. Would you forget your french fries? <laughs> I had those already. I love that he actually stops to get food <laughs> with what's going on. <laughs> but besides that, I <laughs> it kind of goes along with that whole thing. You're acting like a first-year podcaster. I'm acting like a professional. <laughs> Oh, what a good movie. Man, I remember watching that when I was real young. I remember my, my brother my dad watching it. They rented it from, you know, wasn't a blockbuster near us back in our day. We had Video King. Did you have Video King near you? Remember no, that? man, no. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, and uh, that's it's quite some shit to see when you're a kid, when you walk in on, uh, well, we'll say Steeler's Wheel, when you hear Stuck in the Middle. Yeah, it's too bad we didn't plan this better. It changes your life forever. We could have done a little live performance if we would have planned this better. I didn't even think about that. 
Could have done a little oh, Steelers man. wheel real quick. My old band, that's what, uh, you know, my buddy Nate, mm-hmm. we used to dance like that. When you're playing that song, you got to do the dance just like <laughs> you have to, man. Movie, no matter what. As long Absolutely. As, as long as you didn't douse anybody in gasoline or cut their ear off, I think we're all right with that. Oh, now there's a, there's a giveaway. <laughs> to kill anybody, just cops. So, no real people. <laughs> you under arrest, sugar. I love that they talk about that because knowing down the road with other movies that uh, he produces, and they, they actually talk about uh, the chick who plays Pam Greer. Or Pam Greer, they right. talk about her. Yeah. Who's that? Which is, yeah. yeah. So, you know. You're yeah. going to be okay. <laughs> This guy was a real prick, you know, cheating on his wife all the time. So one con- one night she comes home, puts super glue on his dick and glues it to his chest. The cops had and the ambulance had to come and cut the prick loose, literally. Was he pissed off? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you be if you had to stand on your head to take a piss? <laughs> all right. We can't blow through it all. Time. I know. Well, you know what's funny, though, is that we kind of, I mean, we can in a way because... Really, the news, this is the shortest news doc I've ever seen us have. Normally, we have five, six, seven points that we want to bring up. And the biggest talk of the week, as we already know, is the six wrestlers that were released from WWE. In the most unceremoniously uh, unceremonious way possible, um, a mass text, basically, to... The entire company. I don't know if the, the people found out first and then they did that mass text or if that's how they. Fi- Could you imagine a company wide text? ODM has been fired. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's how I'm finding out with everybody else. Um, but before we really get into uh, those two things, I'll at least just say this past. Uh, well, Monday morning, if you will, Shingo Takagi pulled off the upset. I mean, he he did have a great bout against Will Ospreay when Will was the champion, but he ends up defeating Kazuchika Okada at Dominion. And, I mean, we what? We said, Okada, no, nah, he's, he's got it. There's no way he's going to not win this. He's going to carry it for the, for the company right now. This is why I love New Japan. They're willing to pull the trigger on someone when someone is young or ready to go. I mean, you pinned Okada. Let's just say this example could be, uh, well, you know what this kind of would have been is kind of like Jericho and Adam Page, but Adam was not nearly as over enough, so they went with the right person, but when the right person goes over a Jericho or a Cena, this is the, that's exactly what just happened here, and this was huge. Um, but after that, he lays down the challenge to Kota Ibushi, so that's going to be our next big championship match, Takagi and Ibushi. Excited. But the last thing I want to bring up, Vice has a new doc that they're going to be coming out with. It's called Vice Versa. And the first one is going to be on June 17th, and it is about China. There was one that was already in the works, a, a documentary that was in the works called the, Res- or the Reconstruction of China. And it was her getting herself back into shape. I don't want to say ring shape, but at least more of like a, a shape to just be... Better health, better mindset, better place. Everything. 
kind of like the the resurrection of Jake the Snake. It wasn't right. anything else other than just becoming healthy again. Um, and unfortunately, she passed. So a lot of this footage has now been taken, and it's being put into this new documentary that's about her. And it's, uh, I don't think it's the rise and fall of China. It's just called just vice versa, China. Uh, but it's it's awesome because you get to see her in the indie circuit, if you will, from when she was in Rochester. I mean, that's where she's from, you know, is Rochester, New York. So it's very, I, I'm very excited to see this documentary. Vice does not disappoint, um, as we've already talked about a million times. But now let's really talk about the six released wrestlers um, I, I want you to take over in a moment, but I, I, I really feel like I have to do this in John Laurinaitis' voice. I'm going to read his text to everybody. Hey, Vince. Nice body. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Due to the budget cuts, the following talent were released today. Braun Strowman, Lana, Buddy Murphy, Santana Garrett, Ruby Riot, and Aleister Black. Dude, there wasn't even a we wish them the best on their future endeavors. Uh, they did on their social media time. pages, but not in that. Yeah. Like, it's Jesus. easy to say that to the crowds, but to the people that actually work for you, you could have thrown that in there. Seth Rollins, I was he was one of the very first people I did see tweet, and he's like, this breaks my heart. And there's a lot of people who still work for the company who are – I'm not going to say they're majorly speaking out, but they're like, I can't believe it. I feel so bad for this person or, you know, this really, it sucks. I don't think anybody's going to get any backlash over anything that they've written, but right. um, what do you want to do? You want to you start talking about some of the tweets, some of the guys, some of the things that they said. First thing I got to say is Santana Garrett, obviously the least of um, anybody there that had exposure. I know very little. I know that they were looking to do some plans for, I think maybe an NXT. Yeah. But other than that, that's pretty much where we're at. I am absolutely pissed off about Ruby Riot. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I mean I I we've talked about it before. I'm a Liv Morgan fan, a Ruby Riot fan. I was a Sarah Logan fan. You know the whole Riot Squad. I was a huge fan of all of them. You and I both know Alistair Black, Tommy End. I got to meet the dude, which is cool. But we know that he's going to land on his feet. People like him, Buddy Murphy, they have a lot of fucking talent. They're going to be fine. Ruby, I, I'm not worried about her necessarily, but I was just like, man, she was on the best platform she could have been on. Why did you get rid of her, of all people right now? Um, Braun Strowman is obviously the biggest surprise or shock. That is one we'll definitely get into. Lana... We'll see an AEW uh, with Miro very soon. Oh, hope That's it's got to be, which I'm okay with. I might be okay with. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Go ahead. Yeah, it's funny because Buddy Murphy and Alistair Black had that series of three. Wait, matches. did I not ever hit record? Oh, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Well, I we're swear good. To God, yeah, I knew. See, you aren't putting that one past me this time, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh-uh, you're gonna have to try harder than that. Hey, hey, if you wouldn't have done what I told you not to do. I wouldn't have had to done what I had to do. And in that being said, you know, with all the people being released, look, at, I didn't create the situation. I'm just dealing with it. Bang. Bang. All right, go ahead. We're Bang. good. <laughs> Bang. 
bang. Yeah, bang, 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 bang. Uh, yeah, so Buddy Murphy and Aleister Black had that series of three matches. I think they had that one banger at fucking, maybe it was SummerSlam, where uh, Black's nose got all busted up. Dude, they were just throwing knees the whole match. It was intense. And that actually led to uh, Murphy joining up with Seth Rollins. So, I mean, yeah. it's interesting. Those two can be stars anywhere. Um, anywhere. Literally anywhere. Um, you know, and then Lana is Lana. I really hope she doesn't end up in AEW. She probably will because Tony Khan will just throw money around. Uh, and Braun, you know, Braun's hilarious because he's made statements that, one, talking shit about the indies, and two, um, that when he's done with WWE, he's not wrestling anywhere else. Well, you know what? Good. It's a failed project at this point. He's got no credibility left. Well, okay, and and why I so I refrained from how much I wanted to text with you guys about this because you, NWA, and myself, we were kind of chit chatting on the side, and I and I wanted to reserve my thoughts because I don't want to same and then not same here on the air and thought that I said them if that makes sense. But one thing I did bring up to you guys. Three years ago, Braun was over shit, dude. Yeah. He, like, he tagged with an eight-year-old, and that was okay. People actually were like, that was stupid, but okay, I like him. Oh, you gave him the 50-man battle rope? That's right. It's He deserved it. He was we flipping there. ambulances. We on the Strowman train. Yeah, he was flipping yeah. semis. But, but the issue is, and I really mean this, he was absolutely fine somewhat all the way up to the pandemic. And then it's like with no crowd, they didn't know how to what to do with him, A. B, the other issue is they turned him more this year face to heel, heel to face in just one or two years' time than they did in Big Show for two years straight. You know what I mean? In any period of time. Like it's I could I don't even know what he just ended as. Put it that way. Did he end as a heel or a face? Don't know. <laughs> yeah, especially at the end, it, it was very big showish. Yeah, man, I, I think I think the Nicholas thing was the end though, because I, I think prior to that he was had the feud with Kane and Lesnar. If you look yeah. back at it, I mean, because I mean, let's look at some of the Lesnar opponents. You had Seth Rollins, you had AJ Styles, you had Finn Balor, you had Samoa Joe, and you had Braun Strowman, right? And then obviously Reigns, but you know we won't count that one. I think the Bra- Goldberg. I think okay, we're definitely not counting that one. Uh, you know, well, the Survivor <laughs> Series one was good. Uh, I think the match against Braun was one of the quicker ones. You know what I mean? Like they didn't even make it look credible. So ever since then, it's just been a letdown. It's like this guy's a monster. He should have had the title almost immediately as soon as he broke away from the Wyatt family and started to go on his own. He should have started getting pushed. I mean, just on the fact that he's a monster. Look what they did with the Giant in 96. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And this oh, guy's... I can't wait. This, we still keep talking about it. Every week, yeah. he's going out and defending the championship like a giant and a monster should. Exactly. Strowman is in comedy acts problem is yeah you're right he put his whatever size foot into his mouth by saying i'll never work for another company because he just signed like last year right before the beginning of the pandemic or like two years ago he signed like a deal for like 1.3 million a year or some shit like that that's why he got released (laughs) 
That's exactly. right. Yeah. You got to get rid of your most expensive people. <laughs> yeah. That they had no plans for, obviously. They had no plans for him. There's, uh, and let's just jump right into this right now. Does the company sell? Does it not? You know, we've been hearing talk of that. I don't think it's going to sell. I mean, I, I could weirdly see it being something like Disney's World Wrestling Entertainment. You know what I mean? Like they're going to partner up with someone or. I, yeah. Like it's. So, yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, they're at like record profits right now. And yeah. then they release these guys. So that's that stings. That that stings. That looks shitty. And yeah, there's been a lot of chatter about them selling. Um, it likely would be NBC, just because NBC already has the rights to the programming. Um, and they'd right. likely keep people in place. Like I would assume Triple H, like Shawn Michaels, your bookers, will probably still sure. be there. I don't think this is gonna be like WCW, you know. Uh, right, you know, it's not going to get bought 90s. out right like that. Yeah, they're not right. going to put TV people in charge. They're going to say, you guys know how this works. Make us money. You know, and I think triples. Now, here's the fun thing. When they do that, do you really think Vince is just going to walk away? No. He'll still be He's the still booker. Be charge. He'll still be yeah. the booker. The whole thing is redonkulous yeah. i mean i can't believe like all right i understand getting rid of a very expensive person like braun major league teams do it all the time in the nfl baseball all that stuff you do that you get rid of expensive people when they don't hold much value to you right but the other people look at man those are people you failed i mean mm -hmm. over and over alistair black i mean how, how did you fail him how everyone went absolutely apeshit for him even when you brought him to the main roster too early we we're like well, okay but all right, fine. We'll get on board. We're there. You team him with Ricochet. All right, good enough. Yeah, right. And but then you know you brought up him and and Buddy Murphy. Let's not ever forget. And you can't just say, ah, well, it was just that one night. Let's not forget about that uh, show where Buddy Murphy won the cruiserweight championship in his home country. Hell yeah. That pop. It was because it was well deserved, not just a person. I, I and I really mean that because I popped just as well for him to have that that title. He is an excellent talent, and then you you take him for the last however many months, or at least last year, you put him in a love story with uh, Rey Mysterio's daughter. For what? Don't know. And then Seth Rollins kicks him out of the group. Don't need. We didn't even need that to happen. He should have stayed with him the whole time. Now he's just, yep, yeah, gone. I think Buddy will probably show up AEW. I hate. I. I, I don't want to just go as that's like the go-to automatic. New Japan. I think he'll maybe go there. I. I think Alistair Black we may see in a New Japan. I think he would do well there because you don't need to speak much. Just go out there and just have some banger matches. Lana will go to AEW. Ruby Riot, I think, should go to AEW if they're going to keep bulking up their women's division. But Braun Strowman, I think he's going to show up in one area, and I have it written way down at the bottom of the notes there. Billy Corgan said he would like to see Braun Strowman in NWA. And I was like, that's the absolute best he'll probably get. Probably. I don't think he'll even get impact. No. No. And I'm okay so, with that. That's fine. So, yeah, let's talk some of the tweets from these people. Go ahead. 
All right. Uh, Buddy Murphy. So today ends my eight years with WWE. What a crazy ride. Highest of highs, lowest of lows. But whether I had three minutes or 20 minutes, I put all my effort into my performances. Nothing is harder when all you want to do is wrestle, but you can't. In my opinion, I haven't even hit my peak yet, and I'm excited to see where the next adventure holds. I was lucky enough to work with some of the best talent in the world and learn a tremendous amount. But trust me, the whole world will know what I meant by best kept secret. Thank you all. Folded hands emoji. Hell yeah. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he, I don't think he has hit his peak, and we're going to get into it. It's easy to say, well, he never set himself apart. He never set himself apart. He never got the exposure to do so. And you know, damn well, they wouldn't have let him do what he wanted to do. He has proven multiple times that he can put on some killer matches. So let me see more of that. So I'm all for it. Lana, which she should just stick to being an Instagram model, and just I'm sure she could make a ton off of that. Uh, so today ends my. I think eight. she could be okay as a manager for Miro. I don't want. I don't it. want. Her and to he go doesn't need it. Wrestling. He doesn't need it now. Yeah, but we already know it's his wife. Right. So don't do it. Renee Paquette's not there. Yeah. Fair. She's prego. <laughs> she didn't pop that kid yet. I don't know. Did she? I, I don't I, know. All right. Not paying attention. Irrelevant. <laughs> so, uh, so Lana. So today ends my eight years with WWE. What a crazy ride! Hi, wait, wait, what? You copied the same exact tweet for Lana and Buddy Murphy. Way to go, there, Cap. Uh, on to Ruby Wright. Nobody cares what Lana thinks anyway. <laughs> so Lana said that she, we'll all know what she means by she's the best kept secret. <laughs> That's like me skipping over the Cody match to earn the double or nothing review. Nobody oh, cares. that's amazing. <laughs> well, let's go um, on to somebody. Who... I, I guess that obviously that just goes to show how much it really matters. <laughs> exactly. You know? Hey, you know what? You don't need proof when you got instinct. We didn't need to talk <laughs> about her today. <laughs> All right. We'll go on to. You Ruby know what? I'm Ro- convinced. Give me my dollar back. <laughs> <laughs> Toby. Toby Wong. Fucking Charlie Chan. <laughs> fucking Ruby Riot. Nice. Excellent. Excellent segue. AKA Heidi Lovelace. Uh, Well, here it goes. I've never been good at this sort of stuff. Yesterday, in a matter of minutes, my life changed very drastically. But after some tears, some panic, and a full box of Oreos, I was able to look back at how lucky I've been to accomplish what I have. I never thought I'd make it to WWE. I've been honored to be a part of the squad of the most incredible women I've ever met. I've gotten to see the world, share locker rooms with some of the most talented women I know, some of which I've made lifelong friendships with. I've gotten to meet fans that were just like me, introverted kids who never quite felt like they fit in. And between the locker room and those fans, I felt like I belonged, and I'm so grateful for that feeling. With that, I am overwhelmed by the amount of calls, texts, tweets, and support that I have received from former coworkers, friends, family, and fans. Thank you so much for the kind words. You'll never know how much it helped. As for what's next, in the beginning, Heidi Lovelace was given to me. At the end, Ruby Riot was taken away. So I don't know what I'll be called or where I'll end up, but please know this is far from over. Thank you. That's probably my favorite statement. That was my favorite. Her tweet was my favorite of all of them because <laughs> here's bronze. What a chapter in my life. Thank you. I swear to God, I go. What a piece Maybe of shit. Maybe I didn't shit. post all of it. <laughs> yeah, right. No, fuck that dude. You know what he is? He's fucking Goldberg without the talent. So what does that tell you? Dude. <laughs> Actually, I take that. Eh, no, 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 no. I'd probably say about the same amount of talent. 
Yeah. I never thought Goldberg had talent either. Yeah, I'm interested to see. That's what he's just gonna... me personally. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does next. Hmm. Not really, though. All right, let's get well, into the he's big one. Keep talking like a bitch. I'm gonna have to <laughs> slap him like a bitch. <laughs> I mean, how old do you think that girl was? Sixteen. At least. Yeah, there you go. All right. Like, little delay. Yeah, little delay. I, I, I was trying to figure out. The, I like I like the, hey, want to smoke? I quit. Wait, why? You got one? <laughs> oh, he's so great. All right. So, Tommy End. This one is, or Alistair Black, if you don't know. How weird is this? Dude has been pushed lately. Vignettes. Interviews, repackaging, new stuff. music, and come to find out, they were told creative was told to stop pushing him and doing stuff like weeks ago. And I go, but you were still doing it on TV. I go, that just goes to show how shitty this company is going, man. No, you know, the left hand does not know what the right hand is doing. It is they're all upside down. Anyway, did you hear their most recent yeah, news? Let, oh my God, I can't wait. Tommy and apparently pushed. To form a stable with Undertaker, The Fiend, and Finn Balor. Uh, did he actually say that? That's that's what the report is. I didn't, you know, I'm not here. To, I mean, I'm not here to vet yeah, okay, that as but... true or false. I'm just saying I sure. read it. So let's. I'm just talking about the concept. I'm my focus is more on the concept of that as a stable, not whether or not it was his idea. You know what I mean? Minus Taker, it's fine. But like with Taker, well, it would have been Taker Sable. Sure. Yeah, but he didn't have to. It would have been just the Ministry of Darkness, twenty twenty. <laughs> hey, I have no problem with that. He doesn't have to wrestle. No, I wouldn't have either. I'm just saying that's what it would have been. And they could all <laughs> rolled motorcycles though. Tell me, you wouldn't want to see the fiend mask in a motorcycle? Man, between you and Eric Bischoff, you got a major thing for this motorcycle thing. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know me. What do I have? I got things with motorcycles. Know what you're talking about? You always you're like I want Taker to just run. Well, off I do because we get everything else <laughs> minus that, and I hated it back then, but I want it more now. So fucking a, you're gonna fuck everything. You're else gonna up. be okay. <laughs> no, I say said. it with me. <laughs> I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> I'm blind. You got blood in your eyes. <laughs> um. All right. Yeah. So you want me to get into Tommy. This? Did a oh. live stream. He also did tweets. He did a lot of different stuff. Um, but you you want to kind of go through and recap this, and then I'll recap all the extra statements from people. Yeah, I mean, I've got yeah, I've, I've got this broken up. So I'll read the tweets first. Uh, uh, one, the, the first one. I th- actually no, this is a later one. So it's I appreciate all the support over the past few days. Still feeling good, motivated, and driven. A huge sense of relief came in the realization that with the cuffs and restrictions, I could create all that. Cuffs that I no longer have, feeling pride in all I've done. Uh, he gave a shout-out to uh, Paul Heyman for having his back. Uh, said he acts like a mentor him, to him still, and Paul was always in his corner. Uh, somebody on Twitter uh, said, calling it now, you're going to go to the Mox route and wrestle literally, literally whoever you want. And Tommy Henn replies, well, I mean, yeah, speaking of Mox. I'm not going to lie. If like I, I'm absolutely okay wherever he shows up. Yeah, you know what I mean. Definitely. In, Not GCW he though. He can go back to back to his own home country. He could go anywhere he wants to, right? But if he showed up in AEW, 
it would be probably one of the biggest pops since Moxley uh, at Double or Nothing 2019. Agreed. For a debut. Like, that would be huge. I would love that. Oh, my God. It's Man, just seeing him and Moxley would be amazing. Yeah, it'd be crazy. I, I'd be good with that. That's a good tweet. All right, what else does he, he have? <laughs> so here's one that I thought you'd appreciate. I put it in here. Uh, he said, always felt like me and Claudio as Europeans had something to prove. We never spared each other because we wanted to make sure we did the Regals, Finleys, and Brooksides that came before us proud. Great memory. Cesaro is one of my favorite opponents. So, And they always put on good matches with each other, just like him and Buddy Murphy did too, man. Honestly, for when he was in there, I thought Alistair put on a great show, especially even in NXT. Remember his match with him and... Uh, Adam Cole. Yep. In I think it was in Philly. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. So I mean, but he he had amazing matches. Not amazing like five star all the time, but he had really really good matches. Which is funny to the contrary of something later that we'll we'll bring up in a moment. Yeah. So I mean that pretty much does it for the tweets. Uh, there were some statements in some different interviews, or actually they might be statements that he made on uh, Twitch. Because uh, I think he was using Zelina Vega's Twitch stream because he probably did it quick after and didn't have his own at that time because WWE wouldn't let him. All right, so uh, he he spoke about uh, there was an instance where he was supposed to take the U.S. title. He said there was a moment where I was supposed to win. I think it was the U.S. title, but then Vince's consensus was I don't want I don't want to have him win his first title in front of no audience. So there was always good stuff. There's a lot of good stories, a lot of almost happened moments, and I can't be negative. I think that's bullshit from Vince personally. Uh, you got to ask about why. Brass rings. What's that? Brass rings. Brass rings. Yeah, no shit, right? Uh, asked, he was talking about why he got fired, said I got told it was budget cuts, whether it's not, it is or not, doesn't matter. Uh, great time, you know, just thankful. Uh, let's see. He said it was the last two years were a slow death for him. Um, talked about talking with Vince. He said the numerous conversations I had with Vince and everyone trying hard, it did numbers on my self-esteem. It's one of those things where the word intrigue was always there. We find you intriguing. Okay, let's present something. I have thrown so many things at the wall. I keep creating characters and gimmicks and storylines. Um, and then he basically just thanked uh, everybody, you know, all the big players here and said Roman is one of the best locker room leaders. So whether he did that just to go out, you know, as a stand-up guy or he really believes that, uh, I'd like to think that he really believes that because I'd like to think that's true. I agree with you. I, I think if Roman was a prick at this point, he wouldn't just mention him at all. I don't think he would have said negative things, but I don't think he would go out of his way to mention. I mean, there's so many people on the roster he could have brought up, right? Right. Putting over Roman as a good rock, locker room leader, that's cool. He did I, He, I he did it. throw Brody's name in there, too. Yep, that's right. So, <sighs> I brought up. What the hell? <laughs> oh, my God. I, <clears throat> I'm i pissed off. I really am irritated with Booker T. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, f- mm. All right. He says the following. Alistair Black fits perfect in New Japan. He fits perfect. I know where talent will thrive when you put them in the right position. 
him in Japan, Buddy Murphy in Japan, both those guys will do very well because it's wrestling oriented. Wrestling has changed from the way it was back when I was or when I went over there. It's totally different. You know, the Young Bucks giving a totally different flavor and the Bullet Club and whatnot. Those two guys would fit perfectly in Japan. Now, okay, I'm with you so far, book. Here's where we stop talking, or uh, this is where we start disagreeing with each other. You can't give a guy an intro, give him a black gimmick, a dark robe, and go out there and become a star. You know, you put him on the thing, and he, he kind of mimics Aleister Black's entrance, you know, with the rise up thing, which I always thought was fucking badass. It was. Um, the thing is, it did look cool. But understand, you can't just get that gimmick and think because of the smoke and mirrors you're going to go out there and get over. <laughs> Who's fucking, ever booing him? He's fucking wrong because if you didn't know who Alistair Black was, that gimmick got him over and got you interested. Exactly. Then you watched him wrestling and you're like, holy shit, this guy can kick some ass. He was a full package. It was the smoke <laughs> and the mirrors, and but it was also it was the sizzle and the steak. Exactly. That's what it really is. There you go. And then this is where I really get pissed. <laughs> Alistair Black is a good worker, but I'm looking for a guy that's got talent. A guy that it's it's funny how this is written because it's how Booker talks. Right. Um, I'm it's a, a guy that has talent and he's going to go out and do things totally different than everybody else on the roster. Um, that was him. Yeah, he was doing things different than everybody in the roster. Name one other guy that would do a backflip into a fucking. Sitting down like uh, Indi- oh, Indian style, or I'm sorry, crisscross yeah, applesauce, yeah, yeah. whatever they call it nowadays, but whatever that is, you know what I mean? Like, the, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't tell me he wasn't unique in not only his style, his look, but also his wrestling. Like, so what the fuck were you watching, Booker? I really feel like he thinks this is someone else. <laughs> like, someone else. <laughs> but then he even finishes up. He goes, Alistair Black had his MMA get up, his kung fu, karate, black mask for the finisher. I get it. But for me, Alistair Black was a guy that didn't set himself apart from the rest of the guys in the locker room. Fucking show are you watching, Booker? Yeah. He was the only guy who was setting himself apart. Uh-huh. Absolutely. He's the only guy that wrestled Had that a gimmick. Way. He was the only guy that wrestled that way. He was the only guy that looked like that. He was the he looked like he may not have been the biggest guy, but he looked like he was a serious dude and he could fucking kick some shit. So I, I this just sounds like as much as I love Booker, you know I love Booker T, but it sounds like he's just towing the line for WWE and defending their shitty decision. That's exactly what it is, and they need him to right now because they lost your big touters. You lost Christian. You lost Big Show. You lost Mark Henry. Yeah, okay, everybody can say that, oh, well, people, you know, went over to other uh, – or they, they went over to AEW, and it's becoming the WCW. Wow, yes, I understand that. Those were some big speakers. Mark Henry was a big uh, touter, I guess we'll say, or hype man. Ambassador. Right, Christian had, had a show. Things to say. Christian yeah. had a show on the What's network. he gonna say now? Yeah, he'll st- Yeah. So I'm. To me, you need a Booker right now. You need Booker T to do that for you because you really don't have many other people who are Hall of Famers who are gonna really back you up because most of your shit that you're doing is pretty stupid right now. Um, and speaking of, here's some more outreach. Uh, Renee Paquette, which is Moxley's wife. What a horrible mismanagement of some really talented people. Sucks. She had one that she said pretty semi-similar to when Samoa Joe was let go, too. Something like, how do you 
how do you drop the ball on such awesome talent? Which is true. Like, you didn't even have to teach Alistair to wrestle. You yeah. had to teach Strowman to do shit. You didn't have to teach him anything. You just had to tell him, hey, just remember the camera's on this side. That's it. That's all you had to do. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, dude. Well, that and tell um, him not Miro, to knee Brock Lesnar in the face. That, uh, <laughs> that, oh my God. That receipt is still just, I, I'll YouTube that as soon as we're done what? just to watch that again. That receipt that he gives, you see his whole head rock, and you know he went dazed for at least three seconds. <laughs> Slow the fuck down. God, I love that. Um, Miro had one of the funnier tweets, obviously for Lana. You can't soar with eagles if you're hanging with turkeys. Excellent. (laughs) Way to go, Miro. I love it. Way to go. I thought it was an excellent line. The Rock to Ruby Riot specifically, you will resurface stronger, wiser, and better. And in parentheses, thank you for the awesome birthday video. Yeah, Alistair. For all the people that he went out and said something about, I'm glad that he said something about her because that just goes to show, like, you know, The Rock, he is, he's kind of a company WWE man, but he's also a realist and he has no problem saying what he wants to. Fuck, he called CM Punk in the middle of the arena after a show at one night. You remember? Yes. And <laughs> there's no way that WWE is behind that idea. Liv Morgan, whoever is lucky enough to work with Heidi Lovelace on their roster, you win. I gotta be honest. I was surprised that Liv didn't just follow along with her, like that they didn't fire her too. Yeah, that's they just amazing. Put the Riot Squad back together. Right, exactly. You know what? Fuck it. I hope Ruby goes to AEW, goes in and beats Britt Baker the first night and wins the fucking title. Could even though we all wanted Britt to do it to finally win, if Britt lost on the first night to Ruby, it would that feud could go a year. A yeah. But I'm saying, like, it, it, but like for Brit, that it, like it wouldn't even matter. She would be putting someone over, and it yeah, would doesn't be bury her. Britt Baker, a star in yeah. a way, for that reason, she'll still be way above ground than Anthony Agogo. <laughs> so now I know a lot of these people. The issue is, do you know when some of these uh, contracts are going to be expiring? Is just before All Out, <laughs> which is. Or, and I'm talking about the 90-day clauses. Oh, Jesus. So we could maybe get some decent things happening for AEW's next pay-per-view. Uh, CM Punk. This is one of my favorite ones. It's like a movie with a blockbuster budget and cast, but if it's written by creatively bankrupt nincompoops, specifically for an audience of one, in any language nobody understands anymore, it's trash. But people watch it because they like movies. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I can. See we that. just watch it because we're like, well, it's on. I guess we'll it, watch it, it tonight. It's, you like, know, it's, it, it, it's it's the fear of missing that one moment. That one moment that comes yeah. along every once in a while. You know. Well, that's why we watched Cesaro and Roman just recently, but yeah. Shouldn't have. We didn't need to. You know, like Floyd Mayweather burying his fist into one of the Paul's face and literally knocking him out for two seconds and having to hold him up so he could go the full eight rounds. I don't care that he didn't knock him out. That was fucking glorious. That Did you see that video where he knocks him out? Bro, I watched the fight. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. How, so I've only seen clips. How bad did he beat on this kid? 
I know it was a lot of hugging. You know that this bout was specifically supposed to go eight rounds yep. with no winner. Yep. Because, like, you know when, um, when I'll use my book here, when there's ten seconds left to a round, you always hear the... Yep. Yeah, you get the marker. Give it, signaling, hey, boxers, you got 10 seconds left. That was pretty much the only time that Jake Paul or Logan Paul, Logan Jake Paul, we're going to call him Jogan. Jogan Paul, um, he like would then start doing like a quick flurry, but you knew that all, all Mayweather would do was just kind of cover up real quick, and that was it. It was very... It looked almost scripted for a boxing match in a way. I I was well. That's why that's it was not up. good. Right. Well, that's why it's fucked up with that one. He hit him. He clopped him and was right at the ten second mark. Floyd Logan went for a punch and Floyd just ducked it and hit him with a right hook, and he went down. He literally had to yep. put his arms out to hold him up, so he wouldn't go down. Uh, so that I, I so I'm that that was that. the whole thing because if you if he went down and got knocked out, mm. then he Floyd would have technically won the match. But there was the other no issue winner. I have is that Floyd put his uh, he didn't put his fifty and O record on the line. So to me, I'm like the whole thing was a bullshit thing. It, it was all exhibition well, bullshit. Well, Floyd at the end said for one, Floyd outperformed him. Two, Floyd made more money than him. And in the post-fucking interview, he says, uh, I'm the greatest bank robber in the history of boxing. I mean, so what does that tell you? Jesus Christ. Yeah. At least he's admitting to be a con man. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Well, that, that just goes to show how much wrestling has really had going on for us lately because we're actually talking about... <laughs> Fake boxing. The, the, the Paul brothers. Fuck Jesus. Them. Well, he was at WrestleMania. You know what? I am excited about. I can't wait to talk about my topic for this week. It's not top topic. It's a topic that I want to bring to the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my god! Dude, did you get to see the Dark Side of the Ring Grizzly Smith episode? Uh, hold on one second, please. Okay, thank you. Um, no. <laughs> Uh, uh, kayfabe brother uh, wife's birthday was this weekend uh, we had some people over the other day too so my TV time was very limited had to watch the Monday Night Wars uh, I've avoided spoilers I'm uh, familiar with the premise of what was discussed mm. um, you know Red Robin and Jake the Snake are half brother and sister did you say Red Robin? Rockin' Robin whatever you know what I'm talking about yum Jim Dugan <laughs> Jimmy Dugan. <laughs> what was the other one? Lady. Okay. Lady instead of woman. Yeah. I, I'm good for one every once in a while. Don't break my balls. I That was amazing. Okay. First. Am I the only professional here? Grizzly Smith. What'd you say? Am I the only professional here? Apparently, yeah. I know. I. <laughs> All right. Shot my way out. All right. Grizzly Smith. If you're not familiar with who he is... It's a fucked up human being. I didn't know about all this, man. And first, you have Grizzly Smith is a wrestler from 60s, 70s. And is the father of Jake the Snake Roberts, which I knew that was his dad. The rest I did not know. Sam Houston, who was a wrestler in the 80s, and Rockin' Robin, they're all siblings. 
Their father is Grizzly Smith. Never knew this. And there's this other guy, Richard. He was a non-wrestling son. Um, first, Jake Roberts' real name is Aurelian. Yeah. Yeah, well, guess what? There's nothing more fucking chilling to hear than when you hear Jake go, I, I put Aurelian to death at age 13. Because Jake the Snake is cold. Jake the Snake doesn't care about anything. Jake the Snake uses hate. All of these kids were molested. All of them. Jake was made to have, or was told to have sex with his stepmother, and she beat him with a fucking hanger. They have a half sister, Jolene, who is kidnapped, but they left the baby. Um,. But then they start talking about Sam Houston. Now, I remember Sam Houston being a part of, like, certain things in the, the early, early, uh, not early 80s, but more of my earlier years. So we're talking, like, WrestleMania 1, 2, things like that when he was around. He was a major alcoholic. Bro, you know how you and I think we could throw some back? In one day, the day that he was telling his soon-to-be wife, her father, that he was going to marry her. He had 32 Crown and Cokes. 32. I didn't think that was an actual thing. That's fucking crazy. 32 Crown and Cokes. I don't think you and I could even split that and do that. Anyway, all three were in the WWE at the same time, or WWF, which I thought was kind of a cool thing as well. And no one knew that they were all related. Um, but man, there was a, this, this whole story. If you guys have no idea, you have to go and watch this, but my favorite line. So Jake said, I mean, we all know it's Jake's demons, right? You know I mean? He's talked about it. And one thing that he said in this dark side of the ring is that above wrestling, family, everything, his biggest love was cocaine. And he goes, and at first it was one girl at a time, and then two girls at a time, then three girls, and then girls with a rabbit or a dog, and then you have a clown, and I'm sitting there with a lampshade on my head. Huh? The fuck did you just say? I'm like, I actually rewound it just to write all that down, man. I go, what the fuck did he just say? Wow. Dude, very crazy, crazy episode. And they all suffered from... Uh, addiction battles from everything they all dealt with as a kid. Absolutely the darkest Dark Side of the Ring episode that I've seen. I mean, like, I knew a lot of the Owen shit. I knew a lot of the Benoit stuff. We knew Pillman, right? Did not expect 80 to 90% of the shit that I even saw on this. Didn't even know this. I never knew this story. Fuck. So I will say if you have a weak stomach or you can't stand listening to those kinds of stories... That's not your episode. But if you want to be shocked as fuck, yeah, go back and watch that episode. Yeah, man. Uh, it's funny because I was listening, you know, I listen to Cornette's podcast. I got to bring them up at least once an episode, and they were kind of going over this. I, I kind of skipped along uh, so I wouldn't get too many spoilers because I didn't, you know. But I did hear Cornette say sorry something. about that. And I, I'm sorry if I if it seems like I gave. Oh, you no, no, too no, no, many. no, no. I, I, I promise mean, you I gave I, you very little. I think <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think I know most of the components uh, but just to hear it, you know, described, I didn't want to hear them expand too much, but it's funny cause you know, Cornette being in the business, you know, new Grizzly Smith. Right. Uh, and he, and the way he said it is knowing all this now, 
Jake's character in WWF was basically his father, a master manipulator. In that, oh my God, oh, I, I don't want to give you spoilers. He really was a manipulator, man. Like how he manipulated his his children, um, basically into sexual type things, um, or just all different sorts of stuff. I mean, it was just really crazy. Insane. Sorry, my, I had to show you. That yeah, my, I, you know, my dog just see. like jumped up on my shoulder <laughs> over here. <laughs> they, okay, just. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Um, what do you got at the table this week, my man? Oh, dude, actually, you know, I'm just gonna kind of ramble here for a second because I'm not as prepared as I hoped I was gonna be. But uh, I, I, hey, I'm guess gonna what in the mo- in the beginning of the episode I said, all right, you ramblers, let's get yeah, rambling. Well, so well, we're gonna ramble keep on, on sir. rambling. All right, ramble on, ramble on. <laughs> oh my God, Jinx, get out of here. <laughs> That was pretty close. Yeah, it wasn't as good as the bark like a dog, but you know what that I'm was saying. good. All right. All right. So, but please yeah, ramble right. on. So, I want to talk about the All Elite Wrestling Facebook group. Now, I know I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here, but I know a lot of Facebook groups are like this. When you have that many people in an online group, you're going to see the worst of humanity. <laughs> and this page is a bunch of repeat posts, marks, bots, idiots, and fucking morons. I am so... And, you know, I could just fix this by just unfollowing this page and not having to ever look at it again. I was just going to ask, are you familiar with how the unfollow button works? But go ahead. (laughs) Wait, wait. What's the the unfollow group? I I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Dude, it's just fucking stupid. I just... I, I, I'm just a glutton for punishment, and I, you know I probably was close to just getting rid of it, but I I had to uh, just bitch about it. So maybe this is like my thing. I'm gonna vent, and then I'm gonna get a divorce with the with this Facebook page. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's it's just the fucking worst. So I, I, I put a here we go. All right, so here's a tweet or a tweet. Jesus Christ, uh, a post on this page. If you're complaining about this company after last night, referring to Double or Nothing, you're you're not a true wrestling fan. They own, and here's the thing: no period. So I'm going to read this with the proper punctuation because there's no periods. You ready? Well, when you if said you're your, about, I'm like, is that Y O U R? I could tell automatically. I'm like, here we go. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. If you're complaining about this company after last night, you're not a true wrestling fan. They only put on one hell of a show, and no, they didn't go out there to say they got any big signings coming in. So Leo as the Joker shouldn't be a shock as a great add-on if they signed him. And I'll tell them they got Christian to go over young talent. He just got Jungle Boy in a more stardom and gave him that good rub after the match. Don't ever go online again, whoever you are. Who have the best finisher in AEW? I think Pentagon Jr. Fire. (laughs) Somebody, somebody, their call for the best finisher in AEW? Penelope. Not even like, not even like what the name of her finisher is. Like the finisher is just her. Right. Was I the only one super impressed by Orange Cassidy last night? If that match didn't shut up the haters, nothing will. You're a fucking moron. Uh, Cody is... Okay, another one. Good, another one without periods. Cody <laughs> is getting a lot of backlash for not way, putting dude. Anthony over. Since being in AEW, he's put a lot of people over, so I'm okay with him not putting Anthony over. Plus, Anthony is green as grass. He's not even to a point where he's almost got this wrestling thing yet. 
I'm going to murder every single one of you. Remember Jay and Silent Bob strike back and they find out about the internet and they get the list of people that negatively commented and then they went to their houses and beat the shit out of all of them? This is how you talk when there's no periods. (laughs) (laughs) I actually... (laughs) I was actually thinking about when they try, like, writing back and then you will do the... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I remember. Oh, God. Good shit. (laughs) That's what the internet's all about. Hey, they talk shit. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, dude, it's wrestling fans, the way they all argue with each other online, it's just ridiculous. But no, I, I have not paid attention to the AEW page. Maybe I should. Apparently, it sounds like a good time. I'll send you an invite. <laughs> Please don't. You can suffer the same fate <laughs> as me. Well, guess what? Much like I had said earlier, you already had an instinct of, of how the people are, right? You don't need proof when you got instinct. Uh, my throat's all hurting from screaming at you. The thing. The <laughs> motherfucker looks just like the thing. <laughs> uh, let's get a taco. <laughs> Nobody in the whole building but us, Nightwig. Wing. Huh? It's night. Wing. Really? Huh. Guess I was thinking of that goofy mullet you used to have. Yeesh, that was like a whole decade of bad hair days. This is such good shit. Hey everybody, this is Nightwing, and I read an article the other day that just that gave me my topic for the week. What the article was was about Ted DiBiase Jr. talking about, you know, things that are going on currently with his father down at NXT and how he's getting a bug and wants to get back in it and all this kind of stuff. But what that what that gave me the insight is that I really wanted to talk about generational talents. And how they have to break out of their parent shadows. Sometimes they just can't do it. Because a lot of times you know, promotions want you to go in there and do your parents gimmick. Or you know, or your whatever you do just doesn't take off. I mean look at The Rock. When everybody knew he was generational. He came out there as Rocky Maivia. We hated him. But then when he started talking in the third person. And called himself The Rock. We started loving him. You know um, Ted DiBiase Jr. Of course they put him right in that million dollar man mold. But. It just it just didn't have that connection that we were all looking for. And then like Randy Orton, while they do mention his father all the time, he was just a completely different thing where they did not force his father's gimmick on him. So I understand that there's a challenge to doing that. And there's many things, there's many different ways of how to do it and how to bring these talents in and to do different things with it. But I just wanted to say that I was just very uh, delighted to read that article because DiBiase Jr. was so talented and he just kind of disappeared very quickly it's like it wasn't just not being used or something he just kind of walked away and i think he just kind of got an early road burnout but i mean he doesn't even talk about that in the article but it's just me speculating but i just like it and i would just want to know what everybody else's thoughts are on generational talents trying to get over whether they should use their parents gimmicks whether they should try to completely strike it out on their own whether they should even acknowledge the fact that they're even generational Right now, on current rosters, there are many, many generational talents, some of which you probably didn't even know were generational talents, like Carmella. She's generational, but a lot of people don't know that. So anyway, guys, hit us up on the Facebook page and any comments in that. I just want to hear that conversation. Have a great day. Really funny that that Nightwing, you bring up Ted DiBiase Jr., because the fact that every time I've seen DiBiase Sr., if you will, on uh, 
NXT. I'm like, I'd rather just see your son. I mean, like, I, I'm a huge Million Dollar Man fan, but I was also a very big fan of Junior when him and, and Cody were tagging together. Legacy, they were, you know. Legacy, yeah. Yeah, and then it just, they. I don't know why they ever tore Legacy apart. There was no reason to ever do it, but that's WWE created for you. But then after that, Cody went off and had his dashing gimmick and stuff like that, but they didn't do really anything with Ted. I mean, and funny enough, as I actually saw him at Night of Champions 2011, um, he was trying to go for Cody's Intercontinental title. And I really thought about that once listening to him say that. I was like, I think the last time I actually saw Ted Jr. was probably like 2011. And he retired. He said he didn't want to anymore, but the fact that he's got that itch, man, I, I, I... AEW, we just keep saying it, but yo, there's no reason to go to WWE, obviously. It's not like you're going to do anything fun there. But, man, I'd like to see Ted and uh, Cody get back together in the ring in, in AEW. That'd be awesome. But generational yeah, wrestlers, he, uh, they don't push him as much as they used to, like looking at the actual heritage and pushing behind. Unless you're the uh, Roman Reigns family or you are an Yeah, unless you're an Anna Yeah, Yeah. That's pretty much it. Oh, Manuel, I am... Did I say Manuel? All right, so <laughs> it is... I go, well, never mind, dude. It's, it's Man, Manuel? <laughs> Listen, Chico. <laughs> well, speaking of... Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? Or become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You want a war? You're gonna get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Have a nice day. We got you. Oh, yeah. You're listening to K Billy's Super Sounds of the 70s. Right now, here's Vicki Lawrence with The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia. Uga chaga, uga, uga, uga chaga, uga, uga. I can't stop. I know it wasn't the same. Thing. I know it definitely wasn't. That. Not, not the I right do love song, the whole but... thing. I didn't realize the lady singing the song is the one that shot Andy. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know that? Yeah. I'm fucking just told you I didn't know it. <laughs> God damn, you know what? That Was he an overdose? Christopher Penn? Did he overdose? Yes. It's a shame. I loved him in a lot of movies, man. He was in Rush Hour. He was also in, uh, you ever watch that movie, karate movie, uh, Best of the Best? Eric no. Roberts. They go to Korea and they in oh, their Eric karate Roberts. tournament. He's in that and he's funny as fuck in that movie too. But, I loved him in the Mr. Brightside video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's just going to decide out of the fucking <laughs> blue. All right. <laughs> Why don't you tell me what really happened? What for? All right, we, we can pretty much do the entire Mexican anyway. standoff. 
All right, it is Raw, it is Nitro, it is June 10th, 1996, and true story, I actually even turned to my wife and said this last night, when I finally got the chance to sit back and watch this. June 10th, in 96, that is not only my brother's birthday, it's his 18th, so I know that we were all home, we had to probably celebrate it, and I go, motherfucker. Money says I don't remember any of this stuff because I probably didn't get to watch it. And back in the day, we didn't have, you know, the the loveliness of YouTube or all that shit that I can go back and look. Or DVRs or on-demand. or Both of these shows, other than the finished one, were mostly oblivious to me that I'd never seen any of the shit. I thought that was kind of crazy. Like, I just wanted to bring that up. So, not only was he an asshole then, my brother's an asshole now, fucking ruining it all. (laughs) Fuck him. Fuck him. All right. (laughs) Hey, you know know what what I would like to see when I go to a wrestling show? (laughs) What's that? Wrestling. Raw had three fucking matches. I'm going to talk about Raw here. We'll have you talk about Nitro. Uh, We'll do a little bit of both, but three matches from Raw. That's all you get. Well, that's what happens when you have one hour. Opening match for a King of the Ring qualifier? I never knew these guys fought. Again, fuck my brother. It is Yokozuna versus Owen Hart. Former partners colliding for their qualifier. And Owen wins. Did you, you know, and he did the whole falling off of the rope thing looking for a bonsai. And Owen uses the ropes to get a pin by putting his feet up that uh, up on the, on the ropes. Did you notice that... How much Yoko weighed? He was over 600 at this point. Found it a very interesting number. I was like, I would have just, just found it very odd. I would have blemished one number up or down. They go, 666 pounds. I was like, hmm, 666. Okay, great. Wow. <laughs> like, I didn't <laughs> anticipate that being his poundage. Anyway, uh, after that, you know, I thought watching the dark side of the ring, hearing Jake talk about his demons there. Um, was enough, but they did it apparently on Raw, and he goes, oh yeah, cocaine and pills, and I, I was vomiting all the time. I go, what the fuck are we watching here? Yeah, it was fucked up. Talking about his wife having to wake him up because uh, he had vomited in his mouth, and yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Um, and that was on Action Zone yesterday. It was an exclusive, <laughs> and I was like, apparently missed that one too. We're probably prepping for the dickheads Yeesh. party. I'm just kidding. So now. <laughs> Now, at ringside on commentary um, is Jake Roberts, vomit-free, and uh, Yoko is backstage. Fucking solid American accent, dude. Like, just very solid. For a man who is Samoan-turned-Japanese, I gotta go find myself. Like, it was very well articulately spoken. I was waiting for him to start playing over the rainbow and break out a ukulele, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he definitely is. <laughs> I see trees of green. Yeah, that's amazing. It's a wrong song, but you get the idea. No, yeah, he, definitely he does that. No, he, he goes into What a Wonderful World, that version. Boom. Uh, does he? Suck it. Oh, okay. All right. It's a wrestling well, term for you. Suck it. Indeed. Right, I got <laughs> own there. Pwnage. Yeah, he's definitely more Samoan Yoko at this point. He's even got like the... You know, like the little wraparound thing with the Hawaiian, you know, the Hawaiian looking thing. Yep. Yeah, this match was uh, not as good as it could have been. They both look good, but it was just a real fucking slow match. 
Oh, you yep. didn't even get to the match yet. You were still talking about Yoko, weren't you? Well, I was, but I thought you were talking about even the Yoko Owen could have been better, but it's because Yoko's at 666 pounds. You can't do much with yeah. a guy who's that heavy. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not like yeah, he's going to go run off well. the ropes and you're going to be able to do some great moves. Owen, it was a lot of rest holds. But the next match is uh, Skip of the Body Donnas versus Mark Marrow. And at the bottom, they let you know that the manager search continues for the Body Donnas. <laughs> you can write in awesome. and hopefully audition. You so submitted for us, right? I'm just yeah. going to keep okay. submitting everything they ask to. I'm going to still send it right now. Be like, this might be a little late, but are the Body Donnas still looking for a manager? Hear me out. <laughs> Hear me out. <laughs> um, we find out that next week. Oh, in Mark Marrow one, meh. Yeah, like you said, it was it was just what it was. It was uh, a match. We find out that next week, King of the Ring. Now that the qualifiers are over, we're into our elite eight, I believe, that are left. Um, or no, we went from thirty-two to sixteen, if I'm not mistaken, right now. Yes, no, that's no, where we're, we're at. No, and we're down to eight. It is down to eight? Okay. Um, this next well, match seven, is... technically. Because Vader's got a bye. That's correct. So Vader okay. gets a bye. It's JBL versus, well, uh, Justin Bradshaw. Hawk, uh, Bradshaw versus Jake Roberts, Austin versus Vega, Owen versus Mero. Yes. And that's what I was going to say is Vega versus Austin. Ooh, didn't see that coming. We haven't seen that <laughs> match a couple of times in a row recently. Yeah. Well, maybe... Vega will get uh, his redemption here. Or no, actually, Austin's the one who actually kind of needs redemption. He lost DiBiase, so we'll see what happens yeah, at the King of the go. Ring. Um, yeah, but because... Lawler is in. He's doing a King of the Ring promo. <laughs> it was weird. It was just like Elvis was there. It was a promo for <laughs> the, the fucking King of the Ring pay per view, and it made me not want to buy the King of the Ring pay per view. I just want to tell you that it was a weird promo. I just wrote, I have no words. Okay, cool. Same. I literally just wrote weird Elvis voice talking over it the whole time. Um, then we have an interview in the ring where McMahon is there with Lawler. Warrior comes out in a baseball cap. Hang on. Hang on. And just black face paint. That's it. Not one other color. Just black face paint where he normally has his colors. And I'm like, baseball cap i mean you couldn't even give us a fucking hair when you ran to the ring you know something like i'm like <sighs> but he's just warrior and lawler gives him a painted portrait of himself of of ultimate warrior as a gift and then as warrior really doesn't want it he then takes the or lawler then takes the painting that's in a glass frame it's warrior Warrior, of course, no sells that. So it's weird because they have written as soon as that happens and, and Lawler runs out of the ring, immediate warrior chants were piped in and then at a replay just automatically. And I wrote, are we not live? Because it was like as soon as he hit him, he ran from the ring. And all of a sudden it was like you would have thought there was a thing above the ring that was blinking warrior warrior and people had to chant it like it was do you know what i'm saying like it was you could tell it was piped in and right. then like i said the the replay for him hitting him with that portrait 
seconds after Lawler was out of the ring. And I was like, we're not live, are we? So I don't know if we are at this point. I just want to bring that up. No, we're not. And then in our main event, we have British Bulldog with Dirty Diana taking on The Undertaker. And in this match, British Bulldog wins by countout because mankind interferes and holds on to Undertaker's leg from under the ring, pulling a hornswoggle and helps uh, Bulldog get a win over the dead man. And we find out that Jim Cornette is getting to choose the referee for the match at the King of the Ring. And it's really funny because Michael just weirdly sold it. Like he was, looked like he was going to cry. Rather than being like, <laughs> whatever, He's he was like, really? And I was like, is he going to fucking cry? And then, of course, as you know, that's just it. That's how... Raw goes off the air, not a good cliffhanger, nothing exciting, anything like that, other than we're going to find out there's going to be a special ref. Three matches and done. This Raw sucked. Yeah. Yeah, it was basically Mankind just beating the shit out of uh, Undertaker at the end. Uh, they, I did like they did during the match or, uh, or during one of the breaks, they uh, did their superstar line talking about has Brian Pillman joined WWF. So I think I may have I missed that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. May have missed it when Doug Hendrickson was saying, actually, no, it was Todd Pettengill, I think. No, it was Doc Hendricks. It was, okay. I know Todd did a, uh, a little bit of talking in one of the promos. I think it was maybe the King of the Ring one. Uh, but when we go to Nitro, go ahead, recap. What do we have going on here? All right, this is the Grow Home Show for the Great American Bash, which is coming up, so we'll be talking about that next week. Uh, we get told by Shivani that we're going to be getting Joe Gomez and promising up-and-coming new talent teaming up with Renegade lulls versus renegade which is basically if you do not remember ultimate warrior (laughs) uh you know what it is it's mom can we have ultimate warrior we have ultimate warrior at home that's what renegade was (laughs) yep that's exactly what it was uh we're also going to get the giant versus scott norton uh so they do a recap last week with scott hall showing up and teasing the surprise uh, they're still not being referred to by any names. They're doing a really good job with that, too, I got to say. Um, uh, opening match, Booker T versus Scott Steiner. Man, uh, this one was a show of strength. Show of strength. It was an okay match. Uh, the finish was flat. It was just like an overhead belly-to-belly and a, like a weak pin. Um, the best part was they were doing the uh, post-match, Mean Gene was. Man, Mean Gene does like eight interviews every Nitro. It's insane. Oh, well, hang on. Before you talk uh, about this mean Gene, mean Gene interview, I just want to say, Booker T, he didn't really do a whole lot to set himself apart from the roster, I thought, while watching this match. All right. I'm okay. Good call. Thank you. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, Mean Gene, dude, it's like after every match... Mean Gene is there with a microphone and someone to talk to. Exactly. Uh, they're gonna Steiner Brothers are gonna be taking on Fire and Ice at Great American Bash. Uh, Scott's already in big pop pump voice at this point. The only thing that's really missing is the get up in the hair. Yeah. Uh, so it's fucking pretty hilarious. The interview gets interrupted by Deborah McMichael. Okay. Yep. Interrupted by Deborah McMichael. Uh, she wants a meeting to talk over canceling the match. 
against Flair and Arn Anderson because she doesn't want Mongo to permanently hurt anyone. And Lord knows what Macho Man's going to do if he shows up or when he's there as a coach. So, yeah, that was kind of weird. She basically is asking for a peace treaty and wants the match to be called off for this coming Sunday at the Great American Bash. Stellar television. Okay. There you go. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Oh, but uh, it'll get better. Just when you think that was weird that Deborah came out and did that. Hang on. (laughs) I'm not spoiling. Go ahead. It's on you. Go ahead. Uh, Jim Powers versus DDP. I actually remember Jim Powers. I liked him. I thought he was going to be just, I don't know. I thought he was going to be better than what he ended up being, or he just got mixed around the shuffle of so many guys on a roster, but I liked him. Yeah. Uh, This match was pretty much a showcase for him. Yeah. He did most of the work in this match. Um, It's weird because they were kind of talking about DDP possibly if he lost to Jim, that powers could end up having the ring and facing Bagwell at great American bash. I don't know if I misheard that, but they were almost making it sound like DDP could lose the ring. And when did the winnings become, you have to face Bagwell? What the fuck is that all about? Yeah, exactly. I, they, they he had, went from getting a world watching. title shot to facing future it's Buff Daddy? They brought up on, it's probably something they brought up on Saturday night. Oh, okay. That they were referencing. It's probably what it was. Yeah, How I was confused too, though. How would you feel about wrestling in American Mail? <laughs> DDP wins. It was a flat finish. Uh, We get a couple hype packages. We get a recap of Benoit Sullivan feud. Uh, We get a Conan hype package, which is pretty cool. Dude, very, Uh, very cool. I love that because if you don't know who he is at this point, now you do. And I liked the video packages that they did in this show were really good. Yep. Uh, And he's going to take on the cat, a.k.a. El Gato, at uh, Great American Bash. So. Uh, next, wow. Tango uh, El Gato Los Pantalones. The cat's pants? I have a cat in my pants. <laughs> oh, okay. I missed the first part of that. Uh, next, we get Mang vs. Sting, which would, on paper, seem good, but this match was fast, and Sting did a really shitty-looking Scorpion Deathlock to win the match. So, yeah, it's a damn shame, you know? This well, like could have really been something. I think we come to find out later why, but yeah, I was like, this was really rushing yeah. quick. I was like, it could have been a way better match, like you just said, too. It's almost like they had Sting do like three different matches or three different spots during this show or something. Right. You know, I don't know. Uh, but what I will say uh, is the next segment uh, actually had Jesus. me. I actually had to pause and go back uh, and retake some notes. It, it was captivating. It was captivating. <laughs> uh, so they go back. Mean Gene brings Deborah back to Bobby the Brain Heenan, and uh, she reiterates she wants to talk to Flair and Anderson about the match, and Heenan says, you've been talking to Flair all night, all week. Now you want to talk to him? I have not talked to him. Okay, this is kind of silly. Follow me, toots. (laughs) Okay, Bobby. So he brings him to Flair's dressing room, goes in. Flair opens the door, brings in Deborah, and slams the door closed, and it's followed by Deborah screaming. That's not too kind of fucked up. I'm surprised that's still on the Peacock Network. That's not the only thing I'm surprised is still on the Peacock Network, but... True. Fucked up. Door flies open. She runs out. And then Flair and Anderson come out, 
attack Renegade and Gomez, who they're supposed to be facing later. Flair puts the figure four on Renegade, ruins his knee. The best part was Mean Gene freaking out, trying to find help. He was doing this exasperated arms out and stomping his feet. Fucking hilarious. Uh, Yeah, I had to stop and pause this and play it back and just make sure I wrote everything down. It was fucking weird. It's weird, man. I laughed. It's you're saying it's funny that it's on the the network, and it's funny because basically, I think all what really happens is that the girls beat her up, right? That's probably wasn't Flair and Anderson, but all she did was come out with some ruffled hair. It looks like they go, "All right, sure. they close the door. You scream, we're gonna fuck with your hair for five seconds," and then she ran out. Um, but then, but the insinuation, right? No, I, I get it, but the. Joe Gomez and, and Renegade just being there out of nowhere for no reason whatsoever within seconds. <laughs> I was like, well, that wasn't well-timed. That was, it was just a weird, the whole fucking segment was weird. I, I, uh, weird. I wrote weird. That's it. Okay. Um, yeah. but I, I do got to bring up, uh, oh no, 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 no. I'll, I'll wait to the next segment. You could talk about this match. I get to talk about the next segment after that. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> Squire Dave Taylor takes on Jin Duggan. Um, they basically bring up uh, that since uh, Gomez and Renegade have been taken out by Flair and Arn Anderson, that they will now be facing Luger and Sting for the tag titles. Okay. That was so not only 180. And it's like, but also... You guys did such a good job beating up your opponents ahead of time illegally. We're even going to reward you with a tag title uh, shot tonight. <laughs> the only other thing I wrote about this is how is the tape legal? Yeah, the ref watched him punch him with the tape and everything. It's yeah. just stupid. I don't understand this Jim Duggan taping his fist thing. It just... I don't remember this, obviously. Again, dickhead brother. But also, I don't remember this whole era where he was taping his fist and punching people. I was like, what? Did the 2x4 get uh, stale, even though you were still carrying it to the ring? I guess so. I guess the the flag and the 2x4 and the USA chants weren't enough. Um, Yeah, he doesn't really do much except come over, do ho, put a thumbs up. Carry the flag in the two by four, threaten to use the two by four. Now he's adding the tape and then he wins most of the time. And then that's it. It is what it is. You get what you pay for, right? What you see is what you get. Yeah, well, if I was anybody who was so you, punched by Doug and I'd be like, man, you shoot me in a dream. You better wake up and apologize. <laughs> God damn it. Now, you know what? I changed my mind. Shoot this guy. <laughs> You know what this is? This is the world's smallest violin playing for all the waitresses. You don't know what you're talking about. All right. Um, I got to say, they're trying to hype the man who's not a fish, John Tenta, versus Big Bubba Rogers. Let me ask you, man. Do you have anything written on this segment before I dive into it? The only thing that I wrote is that if you CGI'd in a nightstick, it put a hat on him, it would be a big boss man promo. Funny. He you literally say that. did with the scissors. 
the yeah, same he did exact do that. thing he, he was did with the He was spinning the scissors. He was cutting up the hair that he had originally taken from Tenta's head. He was kind of taunting it around. Uh, nope, that's not what I was talking about. Uh, he was wearing um, black pants, a mm-hmm. black vest, leather, mm-hmm. and a black leather hat. Immediately, my head went. I was like, "If this is if this isn't a follow up to last week with uh, FTR going to the Blue Oyster Room, holy shit! Big Bubba Rogers looks like he's a frequent member there. Oh my god, the way he was dressed, I go, you can't tell me. And he had the sunglasses too. You can't tell me he looked at himself and went." Good, ready for the interview. What the fuck were you? Doing? Oh my god. It looked bad to me. I'm sorry, man. I just not bad. It was just more of like you're making him feel like you're like, you're like, oh, he's a badass. You cut your hair. I'm like, he looks like a stylist, not a barber right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Please go on with uh, the rest of the show. All right. Well, I'm going to need a, a little refresh here after that one. Yeah, I didn't even look at it that way. That's pretty fucking hilarious. Though. Oh, go back and look, uh, please. All, it's all, Oh, God. <laughs> all I focused on was him spinning the scissors. I was like, one, he's lucky he didn't fucking cut somebody's dick off while he was doing that. And two, he thinks he still has a nightstick in his hand. It was just weird. And it's funny because, yeah, he is getting interviewed by Shocker, Mean Gene. And, yeah, you're spinning those scissors. They like just happen to slip off, dude. You would have hit Gene right in the eye, dude, or even uh, Fuck it, we're live, pal. All right, so next up we got Scott Norton versus the Giant. Scott Norton actually gets introduced by Mean Gene. Uh, It's so awesome to be able to watch Scott Norton wrestling on all this shit, man. uh, What a badass. Uh, Yeah, man. Uh, But unfortunately, it's a fucking squash. As we expect, I mean, this is how you book a monster, right? I, I found something interesting. Gene does that interview. Norton goes to the ring, mm-hmm. and then you see this little piece of dynamite in the corner that has yeah. a little... We talked few... about it last week. We did. I okay, that's right. The countdown thing. You're <laughs> right. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, this just goes to show how much he listens to me. Huh? <laughs> Don't worry about it. It was nothing important. Yeah. No, but what, it, what, they yeah, give what? you the countdown, and they give you the new announcer. So now we have Heenan and... Eric Bischoff, because the first hour we had Zabisco and Tony Schiavone. Again, I just like the duos that they put together. And Larry really is, by the way, pushing very hard as a heel on the announcer. If oh, hell do. yeah. Which I, I don't remember him being that much of a heel announcer, but apparently he was. Uh, but yes, please go on. Now, Scott Norton, yeah, he takes on the Giant world title match. Yeah, and it wasn't much. Uh, Norton at least put up more of a fight, I would say, than most people did. Uh, you know, just for being the size that he is. Uh, but ultimately, uh, Giant gives him a choke slam on the outside, rolls him in, one, two, three. Uh, Luger ends up coming out, attacking the Giant. Uh, they go to repeat the spot where he put him through a table in the VIP section. By the way, they just had a skirt on it this time. It didn't look very good. It was kind of tacky. Um, he goes to do a choke Because it was not used. Luger. It was never used throughout the night. <laughs> that was the whole reason. They're like, well, let's just use a half a prop tonight. <laughs> I goes to put him through the table, but uh, Luger's able to hit a, a low blow, uh, clocks him with the champagne bucket and basically powder. So, uh, you know, they're teasing that, getting you ready for the match coming up. Uh, uh, you know, 
Yeah, uh, Luger and Sting uh, doing a lot, a lot of different angles, a lot of different ins and outs with this. Uh, All at once, yeah. Of, but yeah, definitely. Next, uh, apparently Billy Kidman's first ever match because he has the worst ring gear I've ever seen in my entire life. Didn't really get to do much. Uh, Regal gets a quick win with a half crab, but it was awesome because he was stepping on his head while he was doing it. Fucking yeah. love Regal. And uh, Sting, who's already wrestled, comes out and attacks Regal. Regal healing it up and recoiling in horror. Fucking absolutely awesome. Uh, uh, God, I hope we get to keep seeing Regal in the upcoming weeks. because I hope we I've just, just keep getting to see Sting fantastic. tonight because, I mean, I haven't seen Sting enough tonight. Well, you probably won't see him again. He's already done a lot. Speaking uh, of next, things nasty, that we've seen a lot. Yeah. Nasty Boys defeated Public Enemy. Uh, the only note I have written is no notes. Two segments. What I don't get is that these guys were fighting all over the fucking arena as normal. And then it's like they just, all right, you guys are done wrestling. Someone hit, hit each other with a trash can. Finally, someone gets hit yeah. with a trash can. The ref called for the bell. I'm like. They were doing a lot of shit throughout that whole thing, and now you're calling for the bell? Made no sense. Halfway through, we did get a uh, Glacier promo. It's official. Glacier's yeah. the name. I He's bo- on the way. I, I didn't even bother writing it down this time. <laughs> but then we get our, our video package. Your favorite part. My favorite part. Yeah, Savage. <laughs> you can never be too intense. <laughs> Mongo and Green yeah, man. on the whiteboard with stick figures in the wrestling ring while he's eating Slim Jims. I know it's just goddamn. I I was like twice, twice we've seen this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Macho Man just launches like a fucking duffel bag into the ring, and uh, Mongo catches it. And yeah, Mon- dude, Macho almost looked like he was cutting a promo on Green. He was right in his face and pointing at him. He's can never be too intense. Oh god, that hurt. The best part <laughs> is that they never they never you never see them do one wrestling move. They're standing in the ring. Matter of fact, even funnier than that, <laughs> one point they even show them holding the football. But not one wrestling move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least last week they were at least practicing taking bumps, you know. <clears throat> so oh, man. Right, now we're on to our main event. We got Sting and Luger taking on Flair and Arn Anderson. Wait, Sting's back again. Holy shit. All right. This was actually a really, really good match, I thought. Uh, almost. Uh, Goddamn. Flair basically just got press slammed and backdropped a lot. But goddamn it, I love it, man. Uh, th- there was one part where like, he went up to, like before the bell even rang, he goes up to Luger and like pushes him and, Luger just shoves him and he does the back bump. Oh, God damn. It was fantastic. I love it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, basically it ends in a DQ when Giant comes down. Uh, Scott Steiner ends up coming up out of nowhere. Attacks Giant with chairs. Sting joins in. And then Giant just yells at Luger and tells him he's a dead man. Uh, but ultimately, uh, you know, there is a little bit more. Uh, we go back to commentary and. Well, uh, can I. Bobby- can I- can I talk about this part real quick with Luger Sting and Scott Steiner all kind of beaten on giant. He does like uh-huh. a tweak out in the ring and spins like three times in a row. Like he tweaks the fuck out, but I loved what he says to Luger on the mic. The Sunday, bring a chair, bring anything. Cause you're going out on a stretcher. I go, 
Oh God, that was I just the way he delivered it. I go, awesome line. It was just cool. Then they go to commentary. Yeah, the thing is, over the past few weeks, his promos actually have gotten better. I mean, there's not anything stellar, but he's definitely putting it together and like, I will fucking beat everybody. Like, he's believable. Where's the rule that you have to have a minimum of thirty seconds to a minute in a promo? If you could say something cool in five seconds, that's all I need. Yep, absolutely. Because yeah, his fucking fists are going to do all the work. That's for sure. Exactly. So we go back to comment. We go back to commentary. Heenan is going off about Macho Man. He doesn't want Macho. You don't put your hands on me. And he's in the middle of this tirade, and all of a sudden he freezes and he takes the headphones off. You know, and Bischoff, it, it's the famous. Uh, you're definitely backtracking. And Scott Hall shows up, and Bischoff switches. Well, I really like this. I thought this was cool. It's a little thing. Bischoff takes off his headset and goes to a microphone. So the crowd can hear him. Thought that yep. was pretty fucking cool. Uh, so he does that, and he's like, all right, you promised this big surprise. And, you know, the famous Scott Hall just points behind him. And Bischoff's like, yeah, I'm here. And fucking Hall shows up. Or, I'm sorry, Nash shows up. Um, well, no, that's Diesel lines. right now. We don't know their uh, well, names. Yeah. That's, that's one thing so, we got to say is we only know them as Razor Ramon and Diesel, sure. technically, in from what we know. And the reason I say that is... You know, obviously, yeah, we, we knew this part. It's an infamous moment in history, right? This is the one I said that I end up seeing, you know, on like Saturday night and everything through the weekends and stuff because of missing it. But the crowd, they start yelling Diesel. They start chanting Diesel. And you wouldn't have caught it when you were live because you were too busy watching what Hall was saying. So crowd couldn't even really give it away that much. But... That's who we know they are right now is just Razor and Diesel still. Yeah, I saw, I was kind of like reading lips. I was looking at the crowd behind the shot, and you could see like them looking at each other. Because before he even came on camera, you could see a couple people right in the front there. Not the front, but the front of the shot. Uh, looking at each other and going like, it's Diesel. It's Diesel. Yeah. So, yeah, it was fucking dope. Um, so, Nash says... This show was about as interesting as Marge shot reading excerpts from Mein Kampf. This is the second Marge shot reference since we started watching the wars. The first one was on Raw when Diesel was still there. I actually think it was during a Diesel match or while Diesel was on commentary. Um, Marge shot apparently was very relevant at this time. I guess that was the timing there. Uh, He also uh, asks where Hogan is. He's probably filming another episode of Blunder in Paradise. Blunder. Fucking love it. Uh, you know, and they basically ask, hey, where's your three? And Bischoff says, I'll be in the office tomorrow. I'll see what I can do. And tells them that they can show up at the Great American Bash if they want. So let's see what happens, man. Well, that's a fucking shitty way to get people to buy your pay-per-view. I'm not going to lie. Because it made it seem <laughs> like we have our three. And Bischoff says, this is exactly how he does it. He does the pointing, how he always does it. Tomorrow morning... 9 a.m., I'm going to be in, in the uh, Atlanta office. I'll get my three together this Sunday. If you guys want to fight, come on there. I'm, so you're thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to see a three-versus-three fight at the Great American Bash this Sunday. And obviously, Bad since we already know this isn't a fucking you know, kayfabe on so much of this part, but fuck you. <laughs> Dick tease. Right? <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> Oh, my God. I, as soon as I saw that, I go, did they just tell you that basically you're going to have a three-versus-three match this coming Sunday? 
without kind of saying it, but they said it without saying it. It was just, yeah. Uh, I love that, though. Where, where, where's Macho Man? Is he off filming another Slim Jim commercial? Oh, my God. <laughs> the big boys. So this, this is where big boys play, huh? Notice the adjective. Play. Play. We're not here to play. Oh, my God. I just... I Fucking we've all heard it. it, seen it a billion times, but it just never gets old. And when watching it, nope, in succession, again, Paul showed up at the first hour of our number or the beginning of our number two. First time he mm-hmm. showed up in that one match. Then he shows up at the end of a nitro. Now, I knew Nash is going to be showing up this week because he said, obviously, next week I'll bring my ba- my uh, my big guy it made me pay attention to the entire show because I didn't realize it was going to be all the way at the very end again, <laughs> but it was, it was cool watching it as it happens live because we all talk about the whole, you see him show up, uh, Hall show up and start talking, but the lead up with Bobby Heenan is what really also, also sells it to him backing away in mid sentence. You don't touch me. I'm the- and then just stops talking, takes his headset off, and backs away like he seen a fucking ghost. I don't remember that part, so I'm glad seeing it in its succession of everything as it happened. It was awesome. It was, it, Nitro was a better show, obviously, and, it, and I get it, the one hour versus two hours, one's going to be better, but WWE, you have more time to produce some shit here, and only three matches, and Mark Merrow versus Skip wasn't even a part of the fucking qualifier, was it? Uh, yes, it was. Oh, it was. Okay. I'm like, because then why did we get that match? Okay. I just didn't really qualifier, apparently. <laughs> well, that wraps up June 10th, 1996. And this coming Sunday, again, we do have Great American Bash, which means that we are going to have a lengthy-ish episode next week because we're going to have not only Great American Bash, we're also going to have the Monday Night Wars, We'll probably have more releases to talk about. Who knows? Uh, but our top topic next week, I'm going to keep it to 25, okay, bro? It is the yes, top please. 25 feuds of all time. Look, at, I, I got excited when it came to the the last one, all right? 50 was just like, it felt like a good number. It wasn't. But 25 seems like a good number for feuds. Let me ask you, what what is your favorite feud of all time? If I had to ask you off the top of your head, uh, probably Jake the Snake and Rick Martel. Ooh, that was a what they like that. <laughs> blind leading the blind, man. I'm blind. <laughs> it's blood. <laughs> That's cool because mine was uh, Ultimate Warrior and Sergeant Slaughter. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Top of Wrestling Podcast. My name is the Professor Mark Fantasia. He is ODM Joe Rizzo. I bid you a farewell. And as always with our movie of the week, ODM is going to leave us with his movie quote in the form of the Macho Man. Oh, son of a bitch. I'm going to throw my throat out on this one. I should have read another beer. All right. <laughs> Rooney. <All right>. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you what like a virgin is about, okay? It's all about a girl who digs a guy with a big dick. The entire song is a metaphor for a big dick. Like a virgin is not about a sensitive 
girl who meets a nice fella. No, no, no. That's what True Blue is about. No arguing about, about that, okay? Let me tell you what like a virgin's about. It's all about this goose who's a regular fuck machine. Oh, yeah. I'm talking morning, dead night, and afternoon, okay? Dick, 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 dick. How many dicks is that? A lot, okay? And then one day, she missed this John Holmes motherfucker, okay? And it's like, oh, baby! I mean, this kid is like Charles Brunson in The Great Escape. He's digging tunnels! Now she's getting this serious dick action, okay? She's feeling something she ain't since in forever. Pain. Pain, okay? It hurts her, it hurts her, it shouldn't hurt. You know her pussy should be like bubblegum by now, okay? But when this kid fucks her, it hurts. It hurts like it did the first time, you see? And that pain is reminding the fuck machine of what it was once like to be a virgin. Hence, like a virgin. Oh, yeah! Oh! Oh! The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing, The Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. Um, yeah, take five. I'm going to go, uh, work the other half of this blunt. Oh, okay. I got scared the way you paused after saying work the other half of them. Like, he's got a chub or something or, uh, (laughs) this was such an exciting conversation that, yeah, yeah. (laughs)